Hello, and welcome to Two Queers, One Film, a movie podcast where two best friends traverse culturally significant films from around the world. My name is Dylan, and I'm a film nerd. And I'm Jennifer, the film novice. And today we'll be discussing 2003's Old Boy. Um, Please note that there are major spoilers ahead, and a lot of uh, uh, content warnings, Jen. Why don't you take us away on that? Yeah. So the content warnings of themselves are a spoiler for the movie. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, but don't want to go into complete go into it completely blind like Dylan and I did, these are the following content warnings because this is a pretty rough movie, not going to lie. So just as content warnings for old boy, there's body horror, there's sexual assault, there is incest, there's a su- there's a suicide scene near the end. Um, then, of course, there's graphic violence, there's swearing, there's a sex scene. But the the ones that truly got us was the extreme body horror, the sexual assault got me a little bit, and then there is a suicide scene. So please be aware if you decide to watch this movie that those are the context of the movie. And yeah. with that, I guess... And with that, we're going to go deep diving into it. Before we get into that, though, how are you? How... how- how are you feeling after having um, a week or so to process what we just watched? <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> I still think about it. It still haunts me to this day. Once in a while, I think about it, and I'm just like, that was a good movie. But well, goddamn, I wish I didn't go. I... It's a weird movie because I'm just like, on the one hand, I wish I didn't go into it completely blind because some of the body horror stuff really, really got to me. On the other hand, I'm glad I did go into it blind because I don't think I could have experienced it as well as we did but of course this is definitely a movie like I wouldn't want to lead everyone into it completely blind like we did No, I guess we should kind of talk about it what I mean by let's talk about it so I mean in terms of exploitation films because this teeters on you know like almost being like it's an exploitation film it's a noir crime thriller film as well psychological horror psychological thriller yeah it's just it's hard because like like i spit on your grave for example is a (laughs) rape revenge film a very low budget one and it's clearly just made to shock audiences and Mm -hmm. to showcase raping women blah 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 there's no real substance to it yeah Whereas old boy, it's hard because there is substance, but it's still an exploitation film, if it's that ex- makes sense. It's exploitive in a tasteful way. It I know it's 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 so Yeah, because it's not gore for the sake of gore. It's not, yeah, like it's not cannibal, cannibal hol- holocaust, holocaust where it's just like yeah. <laughs> like how people thought of that one. Or like human centipede or mm-hmm. even Hostile um, Saw. Hostile Saw where it's just like, ooh, look how much gory, horrible human conditioning stuff we can shove at you. Ooh, isn't the human condition disgusting? Ooh, throw throw. It's more in the same line of uh, promising young woman. Oh, good one, yeah. Yeah, where it's just like, hey, let's talk about a really su- like tough subject matter. Not even like talk about a tough subject matter. It's, it's like not... let's let's show let's showcase. <sighs> See, this is what we mean, <laughs> uh, dear listeners. We're very, we're still like, 
mixed on our feelings because while it was a good film, it's a good movie. I'm good just... cinematography. It, it was still like th- this is what, what I mean. The content. So the content what is, is what, what is that painting? That's um the guy eating his son. What's it called again? Uh, Saturn devouring one of his sons by Francisco Goya. Yes, it's the only way I can describe this film is like you know that painting. It's that. It's like that. It didn't need to be made, but I can't look away it from it now and I'm like I'm happy that it's made because it's a beautiful painting but it's kind of horrifying Yeah, it's... and I feel like it shouldn't have never been seen by the public much like that painting was never supposed to be seen by the public mm-hmm. but like the art he painted world... that on his wall or whatever mm-hmm. during his dark period yeah it was never supposed to be seen but it has been and like I think the art world would have been lesser for it because it's a very iconic painting and this mm-hmm. movie is that in that sense, it's just like, it's, it's a movie worthwhile seeing, but it leaves you going, I don't know if I should have seen that. <laughs> it's true. That's the, that's the only way I can explain it. It's just like, I enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it. I don't know if I was supposed to see that, though. Yeah, this is like, for, I haven't done this. In, well, that's not true, I guess. Mm. Autumn Sonata by Bergman's kind of like this, but this is very much one of those films that is great, thought provoking to a degree. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't rewatch this. I know some people like this movie. No, not trying to shade anyone. If you like the movie, you like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, this is definitely one of those movies that I can appreciate, acknowledge its a uh, cultural relevancy and impact on film, but also. I'm not going to rewatch this anytime yeah. soon. It's definitely a movie where it I don't think it could ever be redone. No, I mean not, yeah, not in the not in the way that um director Park did like mm-hmm. it's It was a lot. <laughs> well, let's get into some info before we the start breaking down. Yeah. Um calling myself out for another week in another episode. Once again, I am using good old Wikipedia because your friend has just been very busy during another heat wave, during a busy time at his work. So I promise, I know I said that last episode, but I promise next episode I will have, you know, all my information categorized and in one place. Um, But for this episode, just like with Taxi Driver, I will be once again using Wikipedia to help me. So yeah. The film was directed by a South Korean film director named Park Chan-wook, and he is lauded as one of the most critically acclaimed popular filmmakers in the world. He's best known for his movies, The Handmaiden, and then, of course, the the Vengeance trilogy, as it's called, consisting of Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance in 2002, Old Boy in 2003, and Lady Vengeance in 2005. He is also known for his English language work, Stoker, in 2013, and A Little Drummer Girl in 2018. Um, His films have gained notoriety for their immaculate framing, black humor, and often brutal subject matter. And I agree with that. I mean, with The Handmaiden. Yeah. So, of course, like, we've seen The Handmaiden from Park Chan-wook. I've seen Thirst, which is a very good, um, like, vampire thriller. It's very tame for Park Chan-wook. But I mean, yeah, it's a good... other crap. Jesus, not other crap. As other movies, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, but um. Oh God. I, but Thirst was good. It was like a vampire like thriller. Uh, fun fact, Jen, the the hmm. main character in Thirst, Song Kang Ho, Jesus, 
um who is the dad in parasite oh <laughs> yeah he was he was in thirst so he's like collaborated with the uh, park chan wook you know um a couple of times uh, he was really good in it but yeah, yeah it, he's it's a very just... talented actor oh yeah like literally the only thing i'm looking at the wikipedia right now for thirst the only thing that's like very much like i guess quote-unquote dark themes and subject matter is that it deals with i forgot like he's He's a Catholic priest that becomes a vampire and it's like playing with the whole themes of, you know, it's against his religion, obviously, but also mm-hmm. like, he, he craves human blood and blah, blah, blah. But literally for compared to Old Boy and Handmaiden, Thirst was just like a straight up horror vampire thriller. It was just a decent film. And I think I'm going to leave this this part in because it wasn't that noisy. No. Park was also raised as a devout Catholic in Korea, and this, but he describes himself as an atheist, which I mean... I don't blame him. Doesn't that happen <laughs> to most Catholic kids yes. nowadays? As a former Catholic child, yes. <laughs> Playing the titular role in Old Boy of Daisu, we have Choi Min-sik. Um, he's from South Korea. Mm-hmm. He is best known for Old Boy, I Saw the Devil, and the Admiral R- Roaring Currents. He also starred alongside Scarlett Johansson in the 2014 film Lucy. Yes. Hmm. I kind of forgot about that. Uh, side yeah, I note about Lucy. <laughs> maybe, uh, I saw The Devil. Phenomenal mm-hmm. South Korean film. I am telling you. Is like, it? Oh my god. For horror though, Jen. I know you're oh, not really a huge horror head, but for no, any I mean horror, horror films, I just, I just the scaredy cat and makes me have a friend like girl then maybe we should maybe this like halloween I love it's... horror movies but i scream the entire time but i love it it's so cute mm. maybe we'll watch this halloween but i saw the devil is a phenomenal horror thriller from south korea yes. that and the wailing are like my ooh. i just love those movies he was so good in that too mm-hmm. you know uh but Choi min sik was born in seoul south korea when he was in third grade, he was actually diagnosed with tuberculosis and told he could not oh, be cured. God. Claimed, I know. He claims to have regained his health by a month-long stay in the mountains. And I mean, I believe it. He's, you know, he's like 59. He still looks good for his age. He doesn't right. seem to be that sick. Well, also tuberculosis affects your lungs, right? So getting yeah. away from the city pollution and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Being up in that crisp mountain air. Mountainous yeah. air. Yeah. Like, yeah, and of course, playing Mido, this film also stars Kang Hee. Oh God, Jen, Kang Hee Jung. Hi, it's Hi Jung. Hi Jung. Yeah, because I know there's a there's a, a there's a South there's a South Korean K-pop member and one of my favorite girl groups named Olivia Hi, and it's spelled the same <laughs> way. Not to comment. Anyway, this <laughs> and so they this film. Said- and what? they said being addicted to K-pop wouldn't help us. Look exactly. at us now, mom. Look at us Look now. At us now. <laughs> well, this, well, well. This film also stars Kang Hyejung as uh, Mido. Um, she's a South Korean film actress. She was in a ton of art house films like Nabi. Of course, she's an old boy. She's in mm-hmm. Rules of Dating, and she's also in. Welcome to Dong Go. Girl. God, we're just butchering this, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she has played a lot of different characters. I mean, obviously, she's an actress. I'm 
that sounds like I'm stupid, but I mean, she's played a developmentally disabled daughter in Herb in 2007, a suicidal woman in Kill Me. After her marriage to Tableau in 2009, she began starring in more conventional melodramas in TV. Oh, she's good in psychological thriller, I think. I know, but I don't know. I think it's like a... I've noticed it's like kind of like a trend of like quote unquote seasoned. I don't want to say old, so like seasoned actresses to like transition think, to like yeah more melodrama. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like the South Korean version of just like eighties TV stars appearing on the Young and the Restless and ER nowadays yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> all that happens is like when you're hot and young and wild, you get to get all the good fun parts, and as you get older, you occasionally get the more risky parts. But they want to put you in the mom phase as soon as you turn thirty-five. Oh yeah. So let's start getting into our breakdown, I yeah. guess. So old boy opens up and we see Daisu and uh, one of his friends in a police station. Obviously very inebriated and drunk and causing a ruckus. In yeah, the Daisu, Daisu is. Uh, his friend comes and picks him up later. Yeah, and he eventually calls someone on the phone who I think it's, it was his, his uh, daughter. Yeah, he calls his daughter because it's her birthday, I believe. That's right, that's right. He's like, happy birthday, daddy loves you. Yeah, he missed his daughter's fourth birthday. Yeah, because his his daughter is with the grandparents, I think, in America or something. I can't remember exactly where she she is. Yeah, she was out of of the country. Mm -hmm. And his friend, you know, Juhan, picks him up from the police station. Um, But during that phone call in the telephone box, you know, Daisu is kidnapped. And he wakes up in a sealed hotel room. No, Very, like, liminal he's, space. He's not kidnapped. It, it, it pans to um, the news recovering of him murdering his wife. Doesn't it? No. He, get, he gets kidnapped. Like, we see him on the oh, phone. No, no, no. Oh, we see, him, we see him in... <laughs> We see him in the phone booth, and then it cuts mm-hmm. to his friend Ju Juan, like, looking for him, and then it cuts back to the phone booth, and he's not in there. And then, like, the, the title sequence happens, which is, like, a, a bunch of, like, clock symbology, I guess, the passage to represent the passage of time, maybe, that we're about to witness. And then we see him in a room. Yeah, and he's in the hotel room. That's how it comes up. Man, I misinterpreted that so badly. I thought he got framed for murdering his wife. He did, but that wasn't until after he showed up in the Because, uh... I mean, he was in there for 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's how it, like, opens. It's, like, kidnapped. He's figuring out what this room is. They gas him. And we'll get into it, we'll, like I said. So he shows, he, he wakes up in a hotel room, and it has, obviously, he's locked in there. It's like a sealed door, trap door. Mm-hmm. Very liminal space vibes to this, his room. It's, like, it's just adds to like the creepiness of the projected like win- quote unquote window mm-hmm. in his room which is just like a yeah. projection of like outside imagery like landscapes and shit very it dingy is, oh, it's not a fun room it's it's no. no eventually he sees like a little CRTV in his room and on the on the news he sees that his wife has been murdered and that he's the prime suspect and from his okay, eyes... Okay, that's where I'm interpreting it from. Jesus, yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, Sorry. he gets kidnapped I, and then the title yeah, happens. My Old brain boy. was remembering as he got framed for the murder of his wife and they just threw him in 15 years. L- like, the, the bad guy, Lee Woojin, killed his wife. Oh, okay. I and kidnapped him. Yeah, see, 
my entire see this is why foreign films are sometimes so hard for people to follow and I don't blame them for not watching. My interpretation well, of that entire thing was he was framed for the murder of his wife mm-hmm. and they threw him in solitary confinement there. I didn't realize he was kidnapped. Well, I did realize well, you're he half was right. kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah, you're like he was framed, but it was like because he was framed and quote unquote on the run. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 general public views him as a bad guy, a wife murderer. Ergo, Lee is able to kidnap him without anyone really without batting, anyone causing a batting bust, an eye. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so you were like half right, and I can't blame you because you know, again, when we watched The Handmaiden, it, it, it took a little bit for us to like, you know, get our yeah. bearings with that film, especially the first yeah. fifteen minutes are so quick, like quick, 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 quick. You're going to this house. You're being our handmaiden. Boom, 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 boom. Deception, disgrace. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, thievery, all that stuff. Um, on his face. <laughs> yeah, because definitely, like, I wouldn't suggest Old Boy as somebody's first foreign film because it's you really have no. it takes a bit to get into. Well, yeah, just for the content manner alone, but it for foreign films, especially, especially if you're not used to reading subtitles and keeping up with the pace, it's it's um, it's a fast paced movie, so I if you haven't watched the forum film first, I would go with either TV shows or mm-hmm. just get used to reading subtitles and keeping up with pace because, like, they they can be hard to keep pace with. Yeah, and, like, we've watched anime since we were, like, youngins. Yeah. So we're cause... used to, like, subtitles. But, like, again, <laughs> even so, I don't, you know, I'm not judging you because, again, with Park Chan-wook's films, even Thirst, to an extent, they're very much not convoluted. But the the literally the beginning of all his films, it's kind of like he tries to set up a lot. Yeah. And most of the times it works. Like he just like here's all the info you need. Here's the world. Here's the reason. Let's go. So you know, Daisu's in this room. He can't get out. So he just passes the time watching TV, shadow boxing, and every night they they let in like a some kind of gas to help him pass out. Mm-hmm. To put him asleep and stuff. Yeah, um, people come in and like change his clothes and give him haircuts and stuff. Um, during sense. during this like sequence of time passing, because he's been in here for fifteen years, so we're yeah. we're seeing like fifteen years go by in this like ten minutes here in this portion. During and one of these like, segments, the keys of histories and all that stuff. Oh yeah, they they yeah. the 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 Berlin Wall falling down, nine eleven, like um, the Korean Bill Pres- Clinton. Prime Minister, I think they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Prime yeah. Minister. It's only America and some other places as president. Mm-hmm. Just like when, just like how they use the metric system. Yeah. During one of these sequences, though, an ant crawls out from his skin, <laughs> and then That's they start crawling all in. over his face, and he freaks out. I freaked out too. I my skin crawled. If seriously, with the body horror in this, if you. Oh god! If you watch. 1995, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, and you know the scare oh, the beetle. Score. Oh, that if that you, fucked me if up. If you were a, a child, yeah, if yeah. you were a child of that era, and that image still haunts you to this day, I this will also still haunt you to this day because fuck. It, it, it's that... oh, I'm sorry for no, me it's too. Just, yeah. It's like half disgust, but also half. It was invocative of Salvador Dali's paintings and how he utilized ants in his themes and his work and for dolly they represented like 
decay and time, mm-hmm. um, the destruction and all. So, I mean, honestly, it is like good visual symbology of his decaying oh, it, mental state yeah. and decaying health and the I was too busy screaming, though, and being like, oh. no, no, no. Yeah, it's still a very, it's still it's, a very, um, oh, God, crazy. If you don't expect scene. it, it's, it's just, it comes out and it's just, it's disgusting. It's honestly like the body horror in this movie. Kind of wild, kind of love it, kind of terrified of it. He soon says the TV has become his whole life. His lover, mm-hmm. his friend, his church, his religion. It even has a clock and calendar, he says. <laughs> and he writes in a journal every day, writing about what he's done and who he thinks locked him up in this cell. Six years in, he gives himself cute little stick and poke tattoos to represent yeah. each year that's passed. Back in, yeah. <laughs> Nine years into this, what do you would call this? Entrapment, imprisonment, imprisonment. I'm imprisonment, done. yeah. Nine years into this imprisonment, he notices behind the headboard of his bed that one of the bricks can easily kind of like move around. So he starts getting to work on like getting that brick loose he, and eventually getting into the. He steals a chopstick, I believe, from his one of his uh... neighbors because yeah. we, we later realized that this is like a whole kind of hotel room of imprisoned people. You know, he gets in between the drywall after 11 years and then 14 years in, um, he feels right. He's able to like have a brick out, like one, get out one of the bricks from the outside. It feels rain for the first time. He feels time. rain. Uh, he's very happy. But during this, finally in 15 years, being in this room, a woman walks into his room and hypnotizes him. And this scene, very ASMR to me. It it's is. Very, it's- the woman who plays it, she's got a lovely voice. Like, oh, she. I does. hope she's it's doing ASMR so... from now on, now or something to the equivalent, because she's a very soothing voice. So soothing. I was almost hypnotized, and then we're cut to this very iconic shot of Daisu and. Uh... I'll have to pause for a second. Hi, mom. Oh, okay. Oh, my cat Hazel's got arthritis. Oh, did I also tell you that Lola can't go for her surgery right away? Just go oh. to her surgery right away. No, no, she can't. She's got bad kidneys. Oh, so she's like yeah. Toby. Oh. Yeah, so we have her on some medication. Uh, not medication, some special food for the next Just, bit. Yeah, same with Toby. Yeah. I'm Miss sure Lola. Yeah, she's mm. on oh, she's on medication too? I thought she was just eating the food. Oh, Toby's just on the food. Mm. For her kidneys. For her little yeah. baby kidneys. I'm sure and... she'll be okay though. Yeah, so. she did shit herself violently the other day, though. So. <laughs> I came downstairs, and I thought that one of the cats had either one caught something, or two, mm-hmm. they threw like they threw up a hairball, and now it was just pure doggy poo-poo. <laughs> kind of disgusting. I did make mom clean it up. Oh my god, you're such a shit. I, first of all, not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a shit. Oh my god. Yeah, Dylan. Can't use that excuse. My mom says hi. Hi. Dylan says hi. You're such a shit. Quit bothering Hazel for Christ's sakes every night with this. Millie? Oh, she's just in love with Hazel. She'll follow her. She'll sniff her while she's trying to eat. I know when you eventually go back, Millie's going to miss her. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm, I'm like over here being like, do I have to get a second cat? Aww, <laughs> hey. Keep Millie company. Oh, get lesbian God. cats. 
Gay cat, gay cat, gay cat. <laughs> okay, we can go back. We're, we're, we're pretty soon. The next scene is this iconic scene of Daisu opening up this red suitcase on a rooftop surrounded by what we first thought was like, what is like a field of grass, but it's yeah. on top of a roof. Very cool scene of him opening up the suitcase. And mm-hmm. he's his eyes are adjusting um, pretty quick to non-artificial light. Obviously, it's to the not the detriment of the film. Obviously, it's it's a fictionalized film and needs to you know needs to pick up the pace. I don't think someone who's been in just artificial lighting for fifteen years would necessarily be able to look at take the rays of the sun. I don't think so. Either. In like that two minutes, burn yeah. his corneas. Yeah, I feel like you have to like it's like kind of like a, a heavy alcoholic leaning mm. off of it. I, you can't just he go does steal sunglasses. That is true. I'll give you're right. Mm. He sees a suicidal man on the ledge of a building. With a very small, adorable dog. He starts sniffing him and caressing him. Yeah. Probably because, again, he hasn't this seen any other human, human. Yeah. in like 15 years. It's, I, like, I think it's kind of funny. So he, he's, he doesn't know how, if he's going to die soon or whatever. So he tells this guy his like imprisonment, what happened to him. All that stuff. And as soon as the other person tries telling him his life story... He just pieces out. He says bye. Um, Not about before, that life later, dude. Before, before he dies, though, the suicidal guy, he says, even though I am no better than a beast, don't I have a right to live? Yeah. So he tries to jump off. Daisu grabs him from the necktie. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, is this like some kind of weird symbology with Lee and his sister? Oh, yeah! yeah. Just kind of realized that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll get back. We'll talk about that when that scene happens at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the guy he quote unquote persuades the guy not to jump off, and then so when Daisu leaves, we see him on the on the ground floor, you know, on the sidewalk. <laughs> then we see the guy ruined somebody's anyway. car. He jumped on that. He, he like, jumped landed and landed on somebody's oh. car. Once again, if you're going to off yourself, try not to inconvenience other people. (laughs) Bad take, bad take. And then earlier, just like a scene earlier, he's in an elevator and he's simultaneously scared of the woman or turned on by her, but also scared of elevators. So it's a very funny scene. He's like hugging the corner of the elevator. And that's who he robs the sunglasses from. Yes. Oh, that's true. Very good. Like those women. She's like, crying talk, trying to talk to someone tell him the, we well, she's telling the police officer what he was doing that he stole her sunglasses <laughs> and then it, and then it's the hard cut of the guy falling off the building and landing on the car and meanwhile we're just focused on our main character there and i'm just like what the hell is going on when i say this is a fast-paced movie even though it's like two hours long they, it shows a lot of information at you yeah like uh, like right away he tells us in like just a fleeting sentence that his home is gone Mm-hmm. Like I think it's been remade into like condos or something like his something neighborhood. Like yeah. Uh he runs into a group of teenagers. He steals a smoke from them. He savors the smoke. I mean, I quit. I'm a good like seven months sober now. <laughs> but let me tell you, if I wasn't trapped in prison for 15 years, yeah, I'd probably have a cigarette and savor it too. And then he does what we all wish we could do, which is beat up some teenagers. He says, first he says TV doesn't swear doesn't teach him swear words yeah, so he's learning swear. new swear words from these uh group of millennials but also he's like time to see if 15 years of shadow boxing pays off and 
again, it's a fictionalized movie, so of course it mm-hmm. does. But like in real life, I girl, I don't well, think so. What do you think so? Dependent, like an adult man versus a bunch of teenagers. Like it depends on like I know the teenagers were portrayed as like little gangsters and stuff, but I've mm-hmm. also been as a former teenager who got over who went through the grueling task of getting over that. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure if an adult man wanted to kick my ass, they could. Okay, so I mean, maybe it is possible because he beats up these teenagers. He gets reacclimated into the world, and we see him mesmerized by the world of, of everything. Honestly, everything, and he's just staring blankly at like this. What was yeah. it? A lobster or like a fish? A because fish this tank. goes from no, 1988 I, I have it to yeah, 2003. 2003. Yeah. yeah, so in the 15 years, like technology has changed. South South Korea itself, yeah. there was a huge technological revolution and oh, cultural yeah. revolution in between the 80s to the early 2000s he eventually a stranger walks up to him crouches down next to him hands him a wallet and a cell phone says don't even bother asking questions and just walks off yeah that was the <laughs> freaky part for me where i was just like excuse me uh he walks into this uh restaurant that he's in front yeah. of and he gets a phone call and it's his perpetrator um, yep. taunting him and he keeps asking like why did you do it why did you imprison me but he's not getting any answers to any of his questions he wonders what hypnotic suggestions he unders but is, eventually yeah. the call you know hangs up and then he's given I mean this is the scene too where we're introduced to uh, Mito the she other character because... she plays uh, a chef a culinary mm-hmm. chef in this film and he asks for something. She's like, what would you alive. like? Sushi? But yeah. And he requests something alive. And so she gives him a live squid. And and he... So fun fact about this scene. The live squids were in fact live squid. That's crazy to me. Like, And multiple takes, you said, too. So he did mm-hmm. like he ate multiple live squids. I don't and, like, know crazy. how many squid he, he ate. It, the internet did not tell me. But uh, <laughs> he said a little prayer for each one. And the eating of live squid is, um, it it used to be a bigger thing back in two thousands, but yeah, that that wasn't it, it. It's still a thing technically that you can do. Uh, but yeah, it's kind I of popular in Japan. Yeah, I but it is animal cruelty. I don't. I was kind of, I was upset a little bit about that when he ate the live squid because that is animal cruelty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, fun fact about that, if you do do that, you have to chew the living <gasps> hell out of them because the tentacles can mm-hmm. kill you. They can, like, suck on, like, stick They'll to your throat, get... and yeah. you can choke to death on them. Yeah. Which is why, usually, they're covered in, like, sesame seed oil or some mm-hmm. kind of oil, so, they... so they're easier to, like, go down your esophagus. Yeah. That, that I... was crazy. That was a crazy scene. <laughs> it was, oh, God. Just the, the slapping of the tentacles against his face as he was eating it. I was just very oh. much just like, this is very graphic. And then he passes out. He passes out and he soon wakes up in Mido's home. Um, and she's much reading like all of his Any other 20 year old female, I too take passed out 40 year old man or whatever, <laughs> how old he is, back to my apartment after I watched him devour a live squid. I mean, you know, that's... my 20s. <laughs> she introduces herself as Mido, mm. and we get into a glimpse, not into her background, but then it cuts to like her on a subway alone with a giant yeah. ant leering at her. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's supposed to mean? Because it's it literally shows it and then stops and then you know, that's it. 
I did my research to see if there was some sort of symbology between ants and Korea or if there was like some kind of lore. I couldn't find anything personally. So if anyone out there knows what that symbology is, please tweet at us and let us know because I'm hecka confused besides mm-hmm. being and very disturbed about the giant humanoid ant. Yeah. I have no idea what that scene would mean either. Mm-hmm. Well, because a lot of times in ants and folklore, they represent <laughs> like persevere. No one's at the God door. Damn it, Toby. It's the neighbors. I don't even know where oh. we were. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the ant symbology. But yeah, it's just very like a lot of the times in if ants are used as symbolism, it's just like it's used as teamwork, perseverance, building, like all these very positive virtues. I've never really seen ants portrayed like as loneliness. Like that's not something you associate ants no. with because ants are ants are pests. There's a bunch of them. I've never, yeah. So I was kind of. I don't know if it specifically something was going on in Korea at the time that made ants a thing, because that it, it's not a coincidence that the ant pops up several times in the movie. No. Um, it's not. Yeah. Always, like I said, though, I mean, he might just be using it literally with uh, Salvador Dali's theme of decay yeah. and corruption. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's just what I assumed. Yeah, it's the cultural context that we're missing, unfortunately, which... If there even take, is one. If there is one, but it does take away a little bit from the movie because I am missing either societal, cultural, or I. what Dylan's saying is just interpreting from Salvador Dali, too. So, Yeah. Still, there's a big ass ant on the subway, and it looks at her, and I was just like, "Ugh, that's gonna haunt my dreams a little bit." After reading his journals, she wants to help Daisu, you know, because she re- reads the journals and wants she to help him find the perpetrator. She decides in that moment, like any other twenty-year-old woman, I can fix him. That, yeah, me with Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. T. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know. I know we're past that episode, but you know I can still fix him. I can mm-hmm. fix him. We can fix him. He has a cigarette addiction, but I can fix that. It's fine. <laughs> so Nito eventually gets the address of his wife's grave. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Mido helps him, and she is able to track down his wife's grave, and also his his daughter's address. Mm-hmm. They go on a quest to find. Well, instead of doing that, though, <laughs> Daisu's like. I actually want to find which specific restaurant was giving me those dumplings for 15 yeah. years. Because we find out that He's his perpetrator... Dumplings. dumplings for 15 years. Yeah, his perpetrator was constantly giving him dumplings every every day for dinner. Which kind of so, made me hungry for dumplings. And then they make me hungry for dumplings after watching him start well, because, all the dumplings. Yeah, we start, we start like a compilation scene of him checking out different restaurants... Eating that the have that specific dumpling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the purple blue dragon is eventually the spot because all he thinks of is it's like blue dragon dumplings, yeah. and apparently there's like fifteen or twenty or more of uh, restaurants called blue dragon. That and then we later dumplings. find out that the full name is the violet blue dragon or something. And purple blue like, dragon. Oh, is it purple, purple blue dragon? Was violet. No, purple blue dragon is eventually the spot. And then as he's going there, he follows the delivery driver who takes him all the way to where he he's was imprisoned. Yeah. yeah, his like this uh, apartment complex. He goes inside and... Girl, what is happening? 
Zophilia? Yeah. Oh, damn. Sing the song of your people, sis. You and me try to record the world. That's not happening today. Okay. Because we're like, there isn't that much I wrote down for this. Mm. Um, we're, speed, we're speed running this because, like, the... We are. It's it, like, because this episode is mostly about the... It's mostly, it's literally about the last 20 the minutes. Incest. Let's just be yeah. real. It's about the incest. the incest. Like, this movie's about the, the incestual themes at the end of this fucking mm-hmm. film, honestly. It's a great film with all this setup and, like, it, like I said, good neo-noir thriller because this first yeah. half, it's a good, you know, neo-noir thriller. It's and then the last half out the is just, like, me getting kicked Girl. in the dick. So let's just go with it. I'm like, hopefully there's no other interruptions. So he goes, he he tortures the security guard and tries to extract information. His teeth out. Oh god! Very graphic. This is not kidding about the body horror because he takes pliers to his teeth and just. (gasps) Oh my god! No, Jen. It wasn't even pliers. It was a hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a hammer. It was a hammer. It was the nail part of the hammer. I'm thinking about it. It's just freaking me out. Yeah, and he just. Oh God! Okay. Um, Hi, Dad. Ooh. Oh, Hazel's locked in here with me now. Anyway, <laughs> he takes each of his teeth out, and eventually, the security guard mentions that he recorded the call, oh, but he doesn't God. know the face. Yeah. So he is able to track down the cassette of the recording of his perpetrator, putting him in prison. And on his way out, he walks out and sees so many other. Like the so security many, guard car called for backup. Security guards, local gangsters. They're Mr. Definitely Park, like a, by the way. Yeah. He, he's the one who owns this like gang and he's the one who's in charge of this like mm-hmm. apartment complex. Cool again. So they all show up and you know, they start getting into a fight and this is a beautiful one shot fight. It's mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was done in one shot, like where he goes from one end it's of the definitely hallway all, to the other. Yeah, it's a long take shot. Yeah, long it's take. Very, yeah. Until like I, until he the the elevator opens on the other end of the elevator. And like my favorite part about the fight scene is a lot of like um especially with like the John Wick doing the more long takes, more fighting sense and all that. It's not like a typical hero fighting scene where he's very triumphant. Like you can tell he's struggling. Like he's kicking butt and all that stuff. But he he's oh, yeah. equally getting his ass kicked. Like he, he has gets a his knife ass in his kick. back. Got, he got, got a knife, knife in his back. back. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's not a very triumphant fight. It but it's it's a fight. It's a fight for survival and it's quite interesting and then it cuts to the elevator where he does end up kicking all their asses so that was kind of interesting that was the funny shot like more people in the elevator next shot immediately is like him exiting the elevator yeah all the bodies falling out of the elevator and him walking out obviously beating their ass yeah (laughs) so he eventually goes back to Mito's apartment and he finds out his friend Juwan owns an internet cafe and like can we talk about the relationship between Daisu and Mido it's a very gaslighty relationship well, when he gets back, I mean, yeah. yeah, she's like on a call with someone like on a, on like I guess Korea's version of AOL and or MSN, you MSN. know what I mean? So she's chat. she's talking to someone named Evergreen, yeah, and he notices that she's like he thinks she's a part of the conspiracy, and finds Evergreen in the house next door. Mm-hmm. Who turns out to be the perpetrator? Who we only know as Evergreen, but it's like later on his like classmate, his alumni uh, Lee Hugin. See, like I only wrote like a sentence, and that was a lot. 
like of what like what happened when he went next door and everything. Yeah, it was, yeah. I only have a page left, Jen. Like this is <laughs> it. This is all I wrote. I think it's because I was so enamored by the. It's enamored. It's just like, I it's it's weird to say. It's just like a lot happens, but also nothing happens for the first hour and a half. No, he. Yeah, you're just you're being led around by the nose as you follow this guy trying to figure out what the fuck's been happening for the last 15 years who the hell locked him up just trying just trying his best to track down what he knows and all he knows is like the dumplings they ate for the past 15 years they finding the restaurant finding that the restaurant's owned by this guy and then coming mm-hmm. here and then gaslighting the hell out of Mido, being a bitch to him and it's just like like who's the hypnotist lady like there's so many questions that like yeah. It all leads up to the literal last 20 minutes of the movie. So, I mean, we skipped a little bit, but he has a cute little reunion with uh, uh, Ju Juan at his internet cafe. It was cute, you know. He's they like, have a little so happy to see him. What so, I like you know, about, yeah, what I like most about Korean films slash Asian films is they're not um, shy about male affection, male friendship towards each other. Like, these oh, guys yeah. fuck each other, they hold hands, all that crap. Mm-hmm. It's not like Taxi Driver with a throwaway sentence. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yep, this job sure is tough. Uh, anyway. And going, was that an emotionally intelligent conversation where he expressed his feelings? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, like, all after their cute little reunion, you know, he, um, Mito's, like, talking to this person named Evergreen, and you know, Dice was able to connect the dots and, you know, crazy conspiracy fucking chaos ensues and he realizes that he never told Nito about a certain, like, phrase and so he thinks she's a part of it. Yeah. He eventually realizes that the person's next door that's Skyping whatever. You know what I mean when I say Skyping with her. He goes next door and meets the one, the other per- part of person a part of this film. Lee... Woojin, Lee Woojin, yes. who is who was not was is the person behind him being uh, imprisoned. He's very handsome too. He is very handsome, though I have to admit he is mm-hmm. very sexy. Also, do he not has... buy that he and Daisu were in the same year or like a year apart because Daisu has eight. Well, I guess he yet. Had... I guess he has aged like a brick because he's been... Well, it's been 15 years. Been, like, yeah, never mind. Room, now that I say it out loud, he's been <laughs> stuck in a room for 15 years going through hell and back. No wonder he looks like that. Evergreen tells him, or I'll just say Lee, you know, mm. Lee... <laughs> fuck's sakes. You know, Lee Woojin. Mm. I'm just going to say Lee, though, for, you know, quickness sake. Yeah. So Lee tells him he has five days to figure out the answers. And if not... Well, we don't really know. He just says you have five days. Well, he says if in five days you can figure it out, I'll kill myself. If you don't figure it out, though, I'm killing my doe. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he, at first, obviously, Dice was very upset and wants to attack him, but he says, "Uh -uh." Mm -mm. uh-uh. So... Because you says, weren't paying attention, so he sent his little gangsters over to my doe. No, 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 no. I wrote it down, Jen. No, no, I wrote it down. This is what I'm getting at. So... Lee Woojin says he had surgery on his poor, delicate heart, and there's a bomb in his heart. So if Daisu attacks him, all he has to do is press this like little button, little button, and he'll die. And so he won't get all the like. He's like, "Don't you want? Don't you want to know why I did it? Like, don't you want the answers?" And so Daisu, yeah. And so reluctantly, he's like, "Fine, I won't. Like, obviously, I won't harm you." But then, like, you know, Lee's like, but that doesn't necessarily mean 
Mido's, you know, innocent or my, mm-hmm. he said, you should check, didn't you leave Mido's apartment unlocked? He says, and then Daisu runs back and notices Mr. Park and his gang are in the room torturing her. Yeah. And he, Mr. Park's about to knock his teeth out. Oh, yeah, God, the same way he did with the, with the fucking hammer. He got veneers, It's not as bad. Yeah, he got scene. veneers. No, <laughs> he, he didn't like, get veneers. He like, got kind of gorillas because they're gold teeth. Or whatever. You, yeah, mm. but that was kind of a cute. He's like, oh, I got, I got new teeth thanks to I you. Got new like, teeth, look how cool bitch. they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but eventually, like you know. Goddamn flavor, Flav. <laughs> oh, literally. Lee walks in and tells him, you know, just let him go. Like, he has five days. He also, Lee also gives Mr. Park money as compensation. Like, yep. for what happened. Uh, yeah. But obviously, Mr. Park kicks uh, Daisu in the stomach really quick before he leaves. And then Daisu threatens Mr. Park to take the hand um, that touched my dough because she's, she, there was sexual assault in there. So he threatens, she, she tells yeah, him to cut off your fucking was, hand. And he goes, a, and then, oh, she God. Fucking Mr. Park goes, oh, what about my tongue then? And I went, oh, God, that's right. I didn't even write that down (laughs) because I blocked it from my memory. (laughs) Like, the the villains in this are very despicable, especially um, Lee there. Like, he is. We'll get into it. We'll we'll get into into it it because there's some diabolical Joker level shit fuck there. So, after like recuperating and like, consoling Mido. They eventually him and or you know her and Daisu leave in a bug rental car. And they rent a love hotel and have sex multiple times. Multiple very times. what's it's the not word? Graphic, but very realistic. Realistic. Not, I can't think of the other word. Yeah, no. it's like so once again like if you consume a lot of media from different like cultures, yeah, let's talk about this theme. Yeah, yeah, well. not to go it, not to go into depth for it. Or anything, no, we will, like, we will go, important. we will. It's it's Might an important it, it, the sex scene's an important scene. Funny enough, um, but like in a lot of Western media, sex is very romanticized. It's very pornographic, I should say. It's soft like core, I, cinematics, soft core, yeah, like hands soft on core the cinematic. Back. And I've noticed, especially with um, director Park, there he portrays sex as what it is, which is like it's not, not to say it's not fun, but like it's not romantic all the time. It's it's a lot of sweaty. It's mm-hmm. um a little messy. It be, it's a little messy. It's a little brutal. Um, the one thing that, of course, this is remnants of early two thousands. It's her very much going like I'm enduring it. It hurts, but I can do it. And I'm just like, oh god, not this again. Because you hear like, sorry. yeah. So, like, as a, and to give some cultural background to people who are not used to either watching, this is going to sound so weird, but follow with me, who are not used to pornographic scenes from Asia, um, a very big cultural thing is not to fetishize it or power to make dynamic? it power dynamics in the sense of there is women weren't, aren't, if you're, so for men and women <laughs> in Asia, Asian countries, especially like Korea, Japan, I think maybe China too. I'm not too sure much about um, like India or Thailand or Bangladesh mm. and all those ones. But yeah. um, for the more like Korean, Japan, uh, Eastern areas of there, it's um, women aren't supposed to be dominant in bed or really 
not to say enjoy it, but they're not supposed to give it up as easily. It's supposed to be kind of like a struggle thing. And that's very reminiscent of like of the um, early 1900s, 1800s kind of thing. But if a woman were to be dominant or really enjoy sex, it can be seen as emasculating to men. Um, so it, it kind of plays, not to say like it kind of plays into rape fantasies or anything, but a woman is supposed to endure, endure sex in it. And like it also kind of plays up a man's ego where if it like hurts mm-hmm. like very hurts, much so quote quotation like if it's a struggle for the woman's because your peepees because your penis is big and all that stuff. Not peepee. Not peepee. No. But I agree with you. It's very much meant to just not emasculate the man, but like yeah, in, like uh, it, enlarge their fucking ego. And yeah, it's shit. the power dynamics of a thing. Mm-hmm. Of a woman isn't having sex; she's enduring sex, and it's just like it's not something that, not to say not something she like I said not to enjoy, but it's very much just like oh, it's a struggle. Like oh, I can't believe you're making me do this. Oh, I feel so dirty, but your penis feels so good. Oh. And then, like, after that whole thing of her, I think, losing her virginity, essentially, then they get into the nitty-gritty of having sex with each other, and it's a fun, happy time. And this is also, like, even without that context, because this Mm -hmm. barely happens even in Western films, and people don't necessarily want to talk about it. The noises. There is noises in sex. Like, I'm talking, like, foley, whatever noises, like, actual noises. Sweaty. That's one thing they don't include in Western films, (laughs) is how sweaty you get. You get very what? sweaty, yeah. noisy noises. Like it was okay. Mm-hmm. It's it, again just like this film. I know we're talking about this way too much, but just like this film, the That's sex scene isn't. It's not romanticized, but it's also not um, exploited either. Because you don't, you just see a butt for a second, like yeah. her in um, reverse cowgirl, while he's sitting down or something. So like you just see like a butt for a second. That's it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you just hear the noises, and it's a static shot of the hotel. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, like the subtitles of her, you know, um, trying to stroke his ego and mm. the noises that happen during sex. So that's what we mean when we say it's very realistic. And it's yeah. also not romanticized, but it's also not exploited it's, it's, either. It's two adults having consensual sex with each mm-hmm. other. So after that... They get um, gassed. They get gassed again. And then Lee walks in and caresses them. Oh. With caresses, a hand. Not him. Caresses her. Right? He caresses Mido with yeah. a hand. And we figure out that hand is actually a severed hand with a ring. We'll get yeah. back to that later. But he leaves the severed hand with the ring with them. When they wake up, he's like, oh, shit. In a nice man. purple box. <laughs> we, this box Di- returns later. Oh, God. Daisu <laughs> figures out that they're obviously bugged since Lee figured out their location. Mm-hmm. So he goes to like this. I love this. Just like a an anti pro privacy anti bug mall it was that's what was killing me it's like just like this little little mall in the, the hidden corner of a mall he goes in he's like puts up a sign that says i think i've been bugged can you help me cuz he obviously doesn't want to say it out loud mm-hmm. and eventually he does his job this guy and finds they a find bug in his shoe. shoe yeah they seem to find a clue that lee was an old boy as they call it mm-hmm. that's what i guess this like 1979 class like the men of that class or that decade call themselves old boys yeah. where you know the titular role mm-hmm. um by the way i do love that in films i think a lot of people do i don't know just it just it, it appeals to our bird brain sensibilities of hearing 
<laughs> the title <laughs> of the, the movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know that's what the movie's called. <laughs> I love her make what was that? Oh my god. No, in a good way. You you kinda sound like Mickey Mouse. I yeah. love that. Really Thank good. You. Thank you. You have a good you have a good uh, Mickey Mouse impersonation. One um, day I will be a voice actor. And by voice actor I mean <laughs> you will hear you will yeah. hear my uh voice as you answer leave a message on someone's phone. Leave a message, fucking I can't do it. <laughs> so they figure out sorry, they figure <laughs> out Lee. <laughs> Fuck, they yeah, figure stop. out Lee's a part of the same class as him and um Daisu's friend Juwan like is helping him with his investigation as well. Mm. And figures out that Lee um was a part of the same graduating year almost as them, nineteen seventy nine. As him, um, because we find out later that Dun- um, oh, I keep forgetting his name. Daisei, Daisei, right? Daisu. Daisu, Daisu. Yeah. Daisu. Only I only know that because yeah, they say that Daisu um, moved away before he graduated from that school there. Yeah, a year before, so his junior year, he moved to we don't know where, but he he pretty Somewhere. much wasn't involved with the senior class of it. Oh, he went to uh, what's the capital? America? No, 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 the capital of Korea. Seoul. Well, yeah, Wait, I think that's where he, he moved, moved to. He moved to Seoul. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because it's this is like uh, kind of like in like a smaller smaller community. Town. Yeah. Yeah. So Juwon eventually says, you know, what we're getting at is that the antagonist of this film, Lee Woojin, was in the same like high Year. school as yeah. yeah. Well, not well. And then they find out the connection to um his. No, was that the well, case? Well, they figure was... out. Yeah, they figure out, the you know, sister, he went to right? school. Yeah, yeah, but he went to America to study. Yes. Um, a classmate drowned that year after yes. Daisu went to Seoul. And yes. she might have something to do with the fact of why he why he was locked up for 15 years and why yeah. Lee murdered his wife. Yeah. And there, f- that's oh. when the ball starts rolling of trying to figure out, okay, oh, yeah. then now we have a third party involved. It's this girl who killed her, either drowned or killed herself or got murdered. Yeah, there's multiple the, rumors. There's that, multiple rumors yeah. of what was going on of the of their graduating year, but um, Daisei, Dai yeah, Daisei's um, Daisu, God damn it, Daisu's um friend there says, well, no, like you wouldn't remember because you had moved the year before. So then that leads to the other question: is like, okay, why is he being punished for when he doesn't even this, really know when he doesn't even know who this girl is? Yeah, we figure out Lee Wujin's sister. Su-a. We are left with more questions than answers at this point. <laughs> uh, th- that was his sister. We figured out the, the woman that mm-hmm. drowned, pretty much died. Let's just say died. The woman died. that died, died. Um, was his sister, Sua. Yeah, which he is leaves... our antagonist's sister. Yeah. So after figuring this out, to find out more answers, he wants to travel back to his old high school and mm-hmm. f- find some old like classmates of his to figure out more about you know this rumor of who Sua yeah. is, what happened to her, why she killed herself, or why she got murdered. What? Yeah. Just why, in general. What was so going he leaves, on? He leaves Mido at the, the that prison cell because he gives the... Oh, yeah. we, figure, we find out the severed hand belonged to Mr. Park, which is yeah. what um, Daisu was wishing. He's like, I hope I hope I have your I'll decapitated take your, hand. Yeah. I'll, yeah, take so, hand. I'll take the hand that touched Mido. Yeah, so but, like I was like a, a truce. He gives the hand back it says, can you watch over Mido for me for a bit while I go investigate this? Um, against her will. She's kind of like, wait, you're yeah. leaving me? And just kind of shocked. It's... She's kind of fridged. But honestly, for the better, 
Yeah. For, for the better, you'll decide. But <laughs> Dylan has a question for me for the end of this, and I still don't have the answer to it. <laughs> um. Okay. He eventually tracks down an old alumni who's mm-hmm. a hairdresser now and asks about Sua's death. And we find out she's like, well, you don't remember? Like She got pregnant. Her. No, no, no. She says, you dated her. Mm-hmm. Daisu's like, I dated Sua? And he's so confused. And she calls someone else uh, on the phone, another alumni probably, to corro- yeah. co- corroborate. Her friend her corroborate. Because then they find out that it was his friend, whose name I keep forgetting, so that's why I'm not saying it, um, is the one that started <laughs> spreading the... Juwon was the one that started spreading the rumor that mm-hmm. the woman who had died was like a huge slut. Yeah. And then and the, the flashbacks, and, it starts... Yeah. We start getting these flashback scenes, and mm-hmm. in the flashbacks, we and see he, Juwan heard from Daisu, Daisu about what he saw, well, and that's when the flashback. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is yeah. This yeah. is where we get into this flashback scene. So it starts off with, you know, Daisu skipping class, and he's smoking on the monkey bars, and a teacher. Hold on. Enough. I feel yeah. Enough. 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 <laughs> Enough. I'm gonna pick you up. Fight the man, Ophelia. Fight the nope. man. No. No. Why don't you just relax with me? Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Has she gotten spayed yet? Maybe that's why she's starting to act up more. She hasn't. We can't get anyway until Stacy and them get back. Or we could. We'll just have to take her to a vet in general and ask her, like, hey, she's only eight months old. What's our next she step? Yeah, she should be old enough to get spayed now. Like I said, we don't. Yeah, we'll just, we'll double check eventually. Um, mm. Anyway. Anyway. So in this flashback scene, Daisu's obviously skipping class because he's smoking. And a teacher comes up to him. Aren't you supposed to be in class or whatever? And I mean, I would do the same thing. He's like, it's my last day. Like, I'm transferring the soul tomorrow. Like, yeah, like, I don't care shit. Who cares? Not even the last day. I think it was like the last day of, of school as well. Of school in general, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, I mean, come on, teach. Anyway. Um, it's a Catholic Sua, school, though, so you know how oh, those nuns true. be. So Sua eventually, like, is sitting down, sits down next to him and says, you're funny, right? Like, people say you're funny. Can you tell me a joke? And so he tells her, like, just a... It's very a cheesy simple, here. Very cheesy. I don't even remember, but it was a, I don't a joke. And, but she looks at her watch and says she has to go and, like, immediately just runs away. And I even Ooh. wrote in my notes, we find out Lee Woojin is a sister fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, God. As, as she said, I have to go. You know, curiosity killed the cat. Oh my god, quite literally, almost. Quite literally. Satisfaction could not bring it back, because this is not... So Daisu follows (laughs) Sua to figure out where she's going. She eventually goes to this, like, it was like an art room, I think. It wasn't a bio room. It was was a classroom. classroom. But it had, like, a bunch of art stuff everywhere, so I'm assuming it's, like, the art art club or whatever. Yeah. Hi, BB. Sorry if you hear some meows in the background, by the way. I'm just cuddling with my cat. So, we find out that Lee, like, that's his sister. We know that. We know that's Lee Woojin. We know that's Sua Woojin. Like, that's the sis- his sister. Eventually, he starts going down on her and, like, kissing her thighs. And she's like, stop it. What are you, you doing? So <laughs> <sweet>. <laughs> mm. 
like they haven't done it before. Yeah, like they haven't done it before. And then she starts looking in a mirror because I too can only get off by looking at myself. (laughs) While he was caught, uh, I'm trying to think of the word sucking on the tit. I'm trying to think of a more baby cunning guest. I don't want to be so flagrant. He's like, uh, whatever. Oh, by the way, by the way, this uh, Oedipus kind of thing, that's Mm -hmm. actually where Daisu gets his name. It's from Oedipus Rex. Oh. Interestingly enough, another classic classic incestuous. Okay, we're going to talk about Oedipus for a hot second there. He tried to avoid that, but the fates went, haha, no. You will. He did his best. Like, they they tried (laughs) to prevent that prophecy, but the prophecy was like, this is going to happen one way or another. Kind of iconic that our eleventh grade teacher was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna let these children read Oedipus and the Kings." Like once again, like they make him to be like he intentionally went out to fuck his mother, but they like did their best to prevent that prophecy, and it still <laughs> happened. I'm, I true. I'm kind of glad we read it. I, I would, I rather yeah. enjoyed that as opposed to our other English uh, uh, counterparts in the same grade I who were read reading Hamlet, Romeo Hamlet. and Juliet. And then fighting with people like it's not a romance story. Quit portraying. Quit. Anyway, Oedipus. Um, just great English. So she's looking at herself in the mirror as her brother goes down on her, and on she her she notices Daisu in the window peeking at them. Mm-hmm. And Daisu Daisu doesn't tell everyone. Daisu just tells um, tells his best friend. And who he is say, the perpetrator of Yeah, and he doesn't say like they're they're having incest or anything. He's just no, like, yeah, he I started hooking up with a guy. Yeah, I just she she was hooking up with Sua. And even then he wasn't sure. He's like, he wasn't, Oh, the yeah, girl he, who rides this bike every day or whatever, and Daisu's like, I think so. I don't know. Like he wasn't even like sure it was Sua, just a girl yeah. and a guy. He just he like, literally goes like, Yeah, I saw him I saw him hooking up. He doesn't he's not even aware that, that was his that they were siblings or anything mm-hmm. or what they were doing. And then he dips. Then he gets the soul. So uh, eventually he figures out, obviously, that Sua's Lee Wujin's sister. And he's mm-hmm. like, but what does this have to do with me? Did I, like, I guess I started the rumor, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but it wasn't, like, necessarily my fault that she yeah. killed herself or whatever. So he phones Mido and tells her he can't let it end like this. And that vengeance has taken root in his life. Yeah. And he goes to Lee's Skyrise and figures out the path. Doesn't figure out the password to his floor. Quite literally, Lee and his bodyguard enter the elevator and like take him up to the penthouse with them. Yeah, and this is where this is where the movie, the climax of the movie, (laughs) where the ball is no longer rolling. The ball has fallen off a cliff. It is the tridecter that it. (laughs) Just talking about it, we're both like, it's like. It's like Heath Ledger's Joker saying, here we go. Like, this is the moment. It's, it's very much like a, here we, we go. go. So, Lee tells him that the rumor snowballed to pregnant rumors. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that she was pregnant, that she was sleeping with everybody. Yeah. And so, Sua eventually had a hysterical pregnancy and started mm-hmm. believing that she was pregnant, even yeah. though she wasn't. And he's mad at how... He, he basically sums it up that like Daisu's tongue is what killed his sister. Yeah. Metaphorically, obviously Metaphorically. not literally, but like his tongue is what eventually killed his sister. Yeah. He reveals he hypnotized both Mito and him. Yep. And he tells him that 
he isn't it isn't why he was in prison he's like you shouldn't ask me why you were in prison you should ask me why i released you after 15 years yeah and he points a green arrow to objects around the room and it lands on a purple box and honestly let me tell you right now you think you think seven has the most iconic what's in the box scene Uh uh-uh old boy yes i know baby old boy i was making a lot of what's in the box and like he's explained this in like in true madness mr i've been controlling the strength like the guy props to this actor because he lets the insane like it's hard to explain these last 20 minutes because the they let the between the build that they let the both actors both the antagonist and protagonist in here let the insanity of what's happening fully take them and my god the last just ask and this is the major this is one of the spoilers here so once again if you've gotten this far and you still haven't watched the movie, like, turn it off and go yeah, watch the movie th- right now. You should watch this movie Go in Blind. Again, there's themes of incest and, you know, body horror. So just be mm. warned. Having said that, he opens the box. It's a photo album. And I shit you not, I was like, oh, Jen, this better not be his, that better not be his daughter. Is this better, he's opening, yeah. He's opening this photo album and it's photos and of him and his wife flipping. and his daughter. And he starts flipping. And oh, just I should mention too, I didn't even put two and two together, but like like throughout the movie, like Lee was taking photos of both him, like Daisu and Mido together. Yeah, you know, together. And then you I find didn't... out that Lee figured out where his where Daisu's daughter was. Oh yeah. And then he helped raise her. He helped fund her <sighs> education, and basically has been controlling her life for the last fifteen years. Since she was about five years old. And then you get to the most recent pictures of Daisu's daughter and realize that Mido has changed her name to Mido. Yeah. And that's he fucked his daughter. He fucked his daughter. No, not only fucked, by the way, I, I, I always, there's always like shit I always forget. Mm-hmm. Throughout the film, too, he realizes and says, I love you. I'm in love with you. Yep. And so, not only did he fuck his daughter, he's in love with his daughter. Yep. This is what I mean, guys. Like, this... (sighs) I'm just still... You very much find... Like, Lee has been controlling this situation. Like, he's been planning his vengeance for the last 15 years Mm -hmm. so that Daisu would fuck his own daughter. And the level... Like, (laughs) Dylan I saw that reveal... Unless going being just like imagine spending almost two decades planning this planning the revenge to get some guy to fuck his own daughter because he accidentally spread a rumor that led to your sister. And it wasn't even him, it was the The amount like and he had to like there was a lot of of, uh, other stuff that had to make the pieces fall into play because he obviously had to be a very prominent uh, entrepreneur and like successful business person like, that, like, I respect the it I, and on the core end I'm kind of just like wow I wish I had that much drive but I sh- when that reveal was I I was on the couch staring blankly mouth at open the ceiling. mouth open I was just like the soul left my body and the next five minutes 
of Daisu, the cogs pointing themselves together and him realizing what he has done, what has happened to him, what mm-hmm. the last almost two decades of his life has become. Some of the best acting I've ever seen. And some one of the few times in my life where I have really related to a protagonist. This is, yeah. this is it. This is the only time, not the only time, but this is one of the few times where I too know exactly what he's going through. Exactly what he's going not through. The in same the emotions. sense that I have accidentally fucked no, my yeah, own we, child. We obviously have, haven't fucked our own. <laughs> but, the, but the reveal of the, the dis- shock. The, the shock, disgust, the, anger, the horror, the anger, yeah, the, the betrayal, heart, everything. Just... We felt those emotions, people. If you watched this film and got to that point blind, like us, you for sure felt. You the lay same there emotions. and you're just like, you're like, what the fuck are you? Doing? It's just he goes through so many. He goes through the five stages of guilt, which is deny, the, the denial, the anger, the begging, the pleading, the exasperation, like. The acceptance and it's just well, the he, acceptance at the end, yeah. the acceptance at the end, yeah, the acceptance, quote unquote. And like he curses him out, he starts fighting him, and then he's begging him, and then he's cursing him, and then he rips out his own tongue. And well, he, hold on, hold on, hold yeah, on, hold on. So oh, he's obviously upset, and Mr. Hido, the bodyguard, mm-hmm. uh, they get start getting into a fight, but obviously, like you know, Lee doesn't want Daisu to die yet, he wants. He wants the feelings of what happened to linger with him. Yeah. So he's like telling Mr. Hydro to like, you know, stop. You're going to like kill him. I don't want him to die. I just want you to beat him up. But he's not stopping. So Lee like pulls out a gun and just shoots his own bodyguard because he didn't yeah. stop. Lee reveals that the same contents, the box with the contents inside, the same thing is in front of Mido right now at Mr. Park's like yeah. prison ap- apartment complex. And he is on the phone with Mido and Daisu, like, she's scared. She's worried, like, why is this box in front of me? What's and in the box? Daisu tells her, don't, don't open it. Don't open it. I'll be there soon. Don't open it. And that's where Daisu eventually begs Wujin not to tell and Mido. I Otherwise... like in a In a weird kind of fatherly moment, as much as I hate, he refers to her as sweetheart or something. Like, he refers yeah. to her as he referred to her from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he says the it's same fucked. pet name, and it's, it's fucked. Yeah, eventually, like he, he starts yeah. like begging Vujin not to tell her, and like he gets on he his knees and barks like a like he's the, going, "I'll be your you dog, be a dog for the rest of your, your life." Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah bark, he's like, bark, as a fellow like, evergreen old boy alum, like don't mm. don't do this. And then, as like I guess the climax of the climax, he takes a pair of scissors and his tongue, which quote unquote killed Sua. Not really. Yeah. But the tongue that killed Sua, he cuts off his own fucking tongue. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, Vujin smiling during laughing, he's like, finds this so funny because I guess, you know, he finally got his, his revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets back on the phone with Mr. Park and says, don't let, don't let her see the box. Like, it's fine. We're, we're fine here. And then, like, it then, was before. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, this yeah, is what happens. Yeah. And then, so Vujin gives Daisu the clicker to his heart mm-hmm. and says, um, you can kill me now, or you can let me live. What are you going to do now that you cut off your tongue? And Daisu clicks the the button, thinking Bujin will die. But yeah. instead, this maniacal fucker. Oh my god! It's a recording of when they had sex, of when Daisu and Mido had sex. Yeah. And it's playing on like speakers in the whole penthouse, and Daisu's just sitting there listening to it while Lee laughs and walks mm-hmm. to the elevator. 
He's like, satisfied and he leaves, but not before re- reminiscing about how Sua killed herself. Like, yeah. again, we figured out she believed these pregnancy rumors. And so just like in the beginning of the film, like I mentioned, she's like about to jump off of a bridge and hang in, uh, hanging on to hers, her brother, mm-hmm. Lee Woojin. And Woojin's like, you know, don't do this. Like, please don't do this. And, and Sua yeah. takes a selfie. <laughs> for yeah. so, like <laughs> one final look i guess she takes like a photo of herself <laughs> about to jump off a bridge Th- that is kind of iconic um anyway <laughs> she takes a photo of herself <laughs> to remember for him to remember her and she just falls off Dipped, and yeah as this happens lee shoots himself a while later it's winter time somehow uh fun fact this was actually shot in new zealand and the oh. reason everyone's like in different like outfits is because they lost their like luggage, <laughs> <laughs> so they just had to like put them in like parkas and, uh, and I, I mean it worked. It, it, it worked, worked with, like yeah. the setting of like it's like winter. Uh, it cuts to like we don't know how much time has passed, but he's in this woods and it's the same hypnotist from the beginning, and he begs her to let him forget the knowledge yeah. that Midos his daughter, and she agrees because she liked the quote that that suicidal man said like even though i'm no better than a beast don't i have a right to live yeah and so she does it and again just such a soothing voice she's like you look at that tree and then you'll realize you'll start seeing like concrete beams there will be two of you yeah she eventually says there's there will be two personalities you'll be split into two one of them is daisu who knows the knowledge that Midos's daughter Mm. and the other one is the monster who doesn't know and blissfully doesn't remember anything and so She pretty much hypnotizes him to think that he killed Lee and Mr. Hido in the apartment, yeah. saved Mido. And having no knowledge of it, he wakes up, passed out in the field of snow, and Mido comes and is like, oh, like, who are you talking to? Are you okay? What and happened? They hug, they hug, and it ends with Mido finding him, and she tells him, I love, I love you. you. And he smiles. But then there's like, I love this, this acting. He, mm-hmm. it's, you can tell that he subconsciously knows or even consciously knows like that mm-hmm. the hypnosis didn't work. We don't really know. Maybe it didn't it's, work. It's the tapping of the knowledge on the, on the glass, on the glass window being like, hey, there's something wrong here. Yeah, but it's with, your, but it's your conscience being like, no, 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 we're going to suppress that. And that's how the fucking movie ends, y'all. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, like the last 20 minutes alone is just so worth everything else. It's just it was. I mean, obviously, like this is oh, it will still be a long episode, but probably one of our shorter ones because I really was invested in this movie, and you know, I clearly it know it is, and so that's why I didn't really write that much, especially at the end there. I was like just so shocked, confused. I just, I you know, like, peek behind the curtains, Mr. Wizard of Oz, but, like, while we're watching films, I usually, like, write down what's happening in the film, so mm. it, it helps with our breakdowns that we're doing, but this specific film, it was, like, just, I was, like, just enamored, grossed out. It, it was, it was yeah. like watching a car wreck. Car crash, it literally. Yeah. I couldn't look away. I wanted to, but I couldn't. It was, like, I had to peek. So that was our breakdown of Park Chen looks old. Boy. Our discussion and, of it, and just we'll get into our yeah. feelings and our reviews. Okay, <laughs> and then let's do our fucking final review. Yeah. 
Okay. So Jen, what did, what did you think of old boy? What did you think of old boy? I was so this is what I get for being wanting to watch it out of spite because I couldn't find it for the longest time and I was just like, no, we're watch this is what I get. That's incest. That's what I get. It's that's all I can say. So goddamn. <laughs> so like would I would I have paid to watch this movie? No, I didn't. I don't regret not spending money on this movie. If I actually had to pay for it to watch for it, would I have regretted it? Probably not, because the movie is quite good. It's one of those movies where you're confused until the last 30 minutes. Like, that's not necessarily a bad thing by any means, but I wish my confusion wasn't because everybody who was who was related to each other fucked each other. So, like... That was a turning point. Like that when we were at the point. flashback of uh, Daisu and like you know reminiscing about high school, yeah. And you see, yeah, like the the reminiscing part when you know Daisu's re- reminiscing about high school and he sees Wujin running after his sister Sua and they're in the laboratory. Like I don't know, like and then they start banging. See, the incest storyline was funny in a simple favor, but, yeah. <laughs> but in this one, movie, obviously, it was a Jen, turning point. It's just not a turning point, Jen. We just watched a movie where incest played like a significant, a significant role. role. Is this what we I get like... for making incest jokes in our episodes? Yeah. Is this the comeuppance? And like, don't get me wrong. As far as like psychological thrillers and mind fucks like this was the that was the movie like i've seen worse movies i've seen worse movies that have done worse themes and stuff but you don't really see it coming and then it shows up and you're just like oh okay and then it just and then the ending where it's just like guess what i spent the last 15 years playing this revenge so you would fuck your own daughter and it was just like that was a little too much it's like I'm like, shout out to you, man. Like, yeah, to like becoming really like this, like girl uh, boss, gatekeep, and gaslight your way to a vengeance. There. Oh, for sure. And he obviously had to be like a successful like entrepreneur to yeah. like fund all of this. Like, like he made a private <laughs> prison. He got hypnosis. He drugged somebody. At the beginning, was she also the one where he was jerking off to her? Was that her too? No, that was just a random woman. Okay, that was just a random thing. Yeah. Is that even it? Jen, even if it was, is that... Fuck, Jen. How how is jerking off, like, more egregious than fucking her? Because he jerked off to his daughter and then fucked her. Oh, God. No, he did it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not any better. But, yeah. This this movie really went from, wow, what an interesting psychological uh, mystery thriller to... Oh my god! Like that's that's the, the, the emotional whiplash I got near the end. Like, it, the, there's a remake with Josh Brolin who yeah, plays his daughter. Good. I'm scared. I heard it's oh, not Jen, good. Oh, Jen, it's Elizabeth Olsen. Mm, oh, Jen. No, oh, we're not watching that. We're not watching it. We're not watching it. We're not watching it. I think she plays her, Jen. No. no. <laughs> like. That entire I've never seen such raw acting in my entire uh, life. The double slap I got from obviously 
the gag of the century the, mm-hmm. when he obviously opens up the the family photo and figures out you know Midas' daughter yeah you know that's that's strike one strike two is when he clicks the button and the yeah. audio from the first night they had sex starts playing yeah that's where i'm just like y'all didn't <laughs> y'all didn't have to do this y'all didn't, you didn't have, have to, to do, do that but you did like as far as antagonists go like as pure evil as evil can oh my God. dedicating a decade and a half of your life to not only imprisoning this man, but raising his daughter, basically, just mm-hmm. so he could fuck her to get a petty revenge. Like, holy shit. It's wild. It's, it's wild. absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. And it wasn't even like petty revenge because it's just like, they saw you committing incest and he was just like, Oh, your sister, the brother and sister are fucking. You literally went, Yeah, I just saw her hooking up in a laboratory with a guy, and then he ditched. Like, it wasn't even him. <laughs> no, I know. It was, his, it, was his, it was his best friend it that was whole his time. Best friend? Oh, Listen. <laughs> well, it's, it's like he said, though. It's like that quote he said. It's like, you know, whether it's a grain of sand or a stone, it, they still they all sink. sink eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't even really matter that he didn't do anything for some reason. And in, in Wujin's mind, like, you know, Daisu's like the main cause of everything. Well, Continue. yeah. Like, I, and I get where he's coming from with that point of view. It's just like if he wasn't there, if he didn't basically follow his sister and peeked in and then told his best friends like oh yeah that girl i saw her hooking up with a guy in the lab like her sister his his sister would have never have gone rumor spread about her she would have never phantom pregnant hysterical pregnancy herself mm-hmm. and then like because near the end it's heavily implied that she jumped like he didn't kill her she jumped and he tried to save her but he wasn't strong enough yeah both uh, emotionally Emotionally, mentally, physically, mentally. Physically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but like, yeah, my final impression, it's a good movie. Does it meet the hype of a lot of foreign films? To me, honestly, not really. Oh, yes and no. Watch there- your words. <laughs> yeah, like, it's kind of hard because, like, a lot of the movie, I was confused very much. But, like I said before, it's one of those movies where everything makes sense in the last 30 to 20 minutes. So, like, yeah. the last 30 and 20 minutes really make the movie. But it's definitely just one of those movies where, unless you're willing to invest two hours of your life to get to that last 20 minutes, it's kind of an annoying movie. <laughs> but, like, the last, literally the last 20 minutes make the movie. So... I'm like, just weird. I, I watch yeah. five-hour movies, so <laughs> I invest most like hours yeah. into movies already. Like, did I like it overall? Do, do I like the movie? Yes, I did like the movie, despite okay. the emotional whiplash I had felt. How, would I have paid for this movie, knowing what I knew now? No, yeah. But that's the this whole point. Of, com- yeah, but that's the whole point of art, isn't it? Is to not the whole point, but not the whole point. But like art is to initiate re- to elicit reaction reactions from, from you, and I'm having a reaction. So yeah, I would give this money movie. All the time. Yeah, knowing what I know now, I would still give this money movie. Okay, 
I, I almost gave Chatter movie. I Shatter wish money. it was available on streaming, but just like the hypnotist, it's like mm. they just don't want us to find it. Just like oh my we god, don't, this movie is just like Daisu awesome shouldn't have learned the truth. Truth, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is by the way, like this was the second hardest movie to find in my five years of like movie watching. The, the guess, only second yeah. one, no, the only second one was um, uh, Mahalan Drive, and even then, it wasn't that hard. It's just mm-hmm. that I had. It was only available on iTunes. Like, motherfucking Female Troubles was available on YouTube. How was this one not? Was it because of the incest? It was probably because of the incest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... That's the thing, though. I've seen worse ones, Jen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, my rating... Like, on a personal experience, I enjoyed The Handmaiden more. I feel like that also yeah. portrays Park Chan-wook's directing style... And the way he loves these, like, kind of fast-paced mysteries and, Mm -hmm. like, you know, quick-witted humor. So, I wouldn't, just like, just like if we ever watch Pink Flamingos, you'll understand why. This is a good reason. So, Pink Flamingos is kind of like this movie. Because there is incest in Pink Flamingos. Yeah. But I feel like The Handmaiden is kind of like female trouble. It's, like, a better... Gateway a more a tighter movie yeah. yeah so like personally i like the handmaiden more having said that though just like how we talk about how art is supposed to provoke a reaction and how no one really not that no it's hard did we need a movie about incest <laughs> people absolutely not oh like <laughs> This is probably no. This is probably one of our hardest episodes, Jen, because Mm -hmm. initial reaction, disgusted. Yeah, reaction now still disgusted. But think about it, Jen. Park Chan Wook did exactly what he intended to do. do. He made us watch that uncomfortable, realistic sex scene, and we were like, "Okay, work." When we find out that there, our reaction is Daisu's reaction mm-hmm. to this whole experience. You know what I mean? So yeah. that that kind of that's kind of bold to um sorry if you hear my dog snorting in the background. That's kind of bold for a director to literally put the audience in the same seat yeah. as the protagonist. And the same emo- yeah, like the same pretty much the same emotional reaction he had. Mm-hmm. We I feel like anyone who's watched this will have like, you know, very much this movie wouldn't have been the same without that key plot point exactly so it's like we didn't need this movie but it's here whatever and it's it's good but I would still recommend The Handmaiden for people who haven't seen it I feel like it's a tighter movie better story but this one is good though I understand why you know, it inspired so much neo-noir renaissance of yeah. late. And I can see, honestly, you got to imagine this, Jen. You know, this movie came out during, like, Halle Berry Catwoman, Fast and the Furious. You know, Western film in 2002, 2003, what were we were getting? Well, that's not Absolutely true. Absolutely nothing. I think the only thing we were getting was Lord of the Rings, Mama. And that's it. Uh, that would have been the end of the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. So 2003? Yeah. Yeah. There really was nothing in America. So I don't blame people when this one came out. 
Yeah, because this was before Kill Bill. This came out before Kill Bill. Yeah. I feel like Kill Bill was the first, you know, drag me. I know people have uh, hot takes on Quentin. Mm. Um, I do too. But you know what? Uh, hate him all you want. Kill Bill really did, like, was pretty much a, was like a good renaissance in um, American filmmaking too. Yeah. Honestly, truly. No. Story like... aside, story aside, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I'm getting at is that I understand Old Boy was something that no one else was doing at the time. Yeah. And like, like I said, it came out, mm-hmm. it came out during a good time in film where I feel like people were starting to give more precedent towards foreign films like this and Ringu and The Grudge, yeah. Dark Water, One Miss Call, you know, Sion Sono's Suicide Club. And, you know, I feel like it opened the gateway towards foreign films. Honestly, yeah. And, like, as far as, like, shock factor and the initial kind of, like... The initial, like, game beyond the shock factor, because now that I've had some more minutes away from it, it's very much just, like, to process and stuff. Like, if I would have seen this movie in film, like, would Mm -hmm. I have been disgusted? Yeah, but would have this been one of those films that I've been like, dude, you have to go watch it. I'm not going to tell you what happened or anything about it, but, like, we need to discuss this. And, like, it's honestly... I know a lot of film reviews is like this is the greatest one of the greatest movies of all time and like it's a great movie is it one of the greatest of all time no, no I've seen better no. movies since then but Same. like at the time like you said and it's introduction to foreign films I would have been one of those film bros being like yeah oh no you gotta go watch the Korean films and foreign films man like watch old boy or rock your fucking world I'm or, so like, I'm so glad mm-hmm. you said that because I distinctly remember. Um, at the 2019 Vancouver International Film Festival and I saw Parasite in the beginning of September and I walked out of that theater like you said I was like people need to see this film because this film is crazy but just like you said I'm like with Parasite I was like you need to just go in blind I can't even tell you what kind of genre it is you just gotta go in blind and that's exactly what one of these this film is and it's like the only other equally disgusting kind of film I can point out is just, like, Human Centipede. And it's just, like, yeah, but, like, Human Centipede was shock factor or shock value just for shock value. Thank you. This, act, this shock value plays a key important role. I feel like that's important for <clears throat> our listeners to understand yeah. is that while this does deal with heavy themes, gross themes... It isn't there just to gross you out. Yeah, it's, it's there not necromantic. Because it plays it's a, not yeah. cannibal holocaust. It's not I spit on your grave, last house on yeah. the left. Like they don't idolize. They don't idolize it. They don't romanticize no. it. They don't go. Hoo, it's very much just like, here you go, fuck you. They Have rip open reaction. your heart. Grab. Yeah. They rip open your chest, grab your heart, show you your heart, and give it back to you, and walk away. Pretty much. Oh, and Day Sue's actor just. Yeah, Chow really, sick. Yeah, he he portrayed what I was feeling when I was watching it. It was and, the disgust, mm-hmm. the anger, the shame, the the oh, like the God. pretty much like what the the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I've ever think about that honestly. I don't think I've ever seen a film that puts you as close as it can to the same emotional point of view as the protagonist, you know? I don't think I've ever experienced that. And so for that, I do got to give this movie credit. And in my own rating, I would go to the theaters, IMAX, 
buy food pretty much the whole 90 yards. Would I rewatch it, though, afterwards? I'll have to think about that, dear listeners, <laughs> because as much as I love this, it's kind of like Martyrs. I don't know if I, or, or Funny Games. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can rewatch this for a while, you know? And, it, yeah. You know, maybe the first bit. Maybe the first hour. Maybe the first bit, yeah. <laughs> and, like, my personal re- rating, would I have paid for this movie? Yes, if the Canada would have let me mm-hmm. pay for this movie. I would have paid for it. I tried to pay for it. I really, really did. Mm. Um, she did. She tried. I did. I did. I don't think I could stomach what. Oh. I would have loved to experience this in theaters with other people as we all got in the reveal and just the following disgust with an audience. I would have loved to experience that. But on the other hand, I'm also glad I got to experience this alone in my basement, so I could just be like, "True." Ugh. Imagine, ooh, imagine going with your parents, <laughs> like, like, or your siblings. I, yeah, like this I, is I, a, do not I take screamed. your siblings. Or like parents I was just like, this. like I would have been the annoying chick in the theater that screamed. I would have been like, "No, no, fuck no!" <laughs> like that was me. So. Would I have paid to see this in theaters? Yes. Am I glad I watched it home by myself? Even more so because this was a movie. This was like this is a movie that would have been fun to experience with other people, but I'm happy I experienced it by myself. Having said well, that, if our friends don't listen to this, I know a movie we could put on to. I can't do that to them. I, do. I don't. I want to see. I want to see Avery and Nicole's reaction to this. Are you fucking kidding me? If they don't listen to this episode, <laughs> we have to show them this movie. I want to be dastardly. That's mm-hmm. my. That's my twenty seventh birthday present. That's to me, y'all. Y'all's present to me. Watch this movie. Watch this movie. We'll put that. We'll put that at the beginning. Just like we'll do a double Avery feature. And <laughs> to Avery oh and Nicole, oh, you're <laughs> to Avery and Nicole, if you're listening to this, uh, don't because for Dylan's 27th birthday, you're watching this movie. So go into it blind. We'll do a double feature. We'll be like, we'll do this as the entree, as the appetizer, and as the entree, we'll do female trouble. Just see their reaction. It's so funny, though. <laughs> exactly. It's a good palate cleanser. It's a good palate cleanser. <laughs> All right, Jen. On to our okay. favorite bit before we finish up this review. Yeah. What do you think the IMDb score for Old Boy is? Oh, out of 10. I have to say, IMDb's out of 10? Yeah. It's probably for four, mm, 9.3? Um, very close, though, still. 8.4. Out of 10 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes score. Rotten Tomatoes. Are we going with critics or audience? No, critics. Because audience I I get from... Sorry to cut you off. Critics or audience I get more from Metacritic and um, Letterboxd. That's fair. Uh, Probably I'm going to say about an 85 from critics. Mm, 85% or 81% from critics. If you want to guess audience, go ahead too. I think audience is a little bit higher higher at 88. Ooh, almost close. 94% from audience. Oh, really? Wow. Tomatoes. Now, Metacritic, uh, out of 100% as well. Out of 100%. Probably like a 92? 77%. Oh, They're really? a little bit more critical on uh, Metacritic, on Metacritic, it seems. 
And finally, Letterbox out of five. What do you think it has? Probably like a 4.2. Ooh, 4.3. I don't know what will <laughs> you so close. I don't know what's going to happen if you get... I, I want to do something if you get one of these right one day. I don't know what. <laughs> we'll, we'll think about a, a prize for you, Jen. I get to put $5 in the buying anime figurines jar. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll e-transfer you $5, actually. That sounds fair enough. If you ever get one of these right, I'll e-transfer you 5 bucks. Yes. All right. On Letterboxd, I have 50 films that I deem culturally significant towards the world of film and cinema from all over the world, from different directors of different races and genders. And so I go into random.org, one out of 50, generate a number, and then we look back on our list to figure out what film we'll be reviewing next. And here we go. So on random.org, I rolled a number three, which means our next film will be Chunking Express by Wong Kar Wai, which I'm very excited for because this is your first firstborn film. I'm dumb, but it's your first Wong Kar Wai film. Yeah. So join us next time where we will be discussing Wong Kar Wai's Chunking Express. And until then, goodbye. Don't commit incest. Oh, God.